Welcome back to Money Mile. I am your host, Justin Waller, and I am happy you are here. Money Mile is where we help active, time-crunched people increase confidence in their finances while increasing their fitness. We focus our education toward helping active people looking forward to an active and phased financial independence and who are ultimately interested in leaving a meaningful legacy. We package financial education into roughly mile-sized educational bits for approximately one mile on your long, steady run. And we strive to make each episode valuable for you. This is the best financial education podcast designed for triathletes and runners. In our last episode, we talked with Allison Trusillo about her journey through triathlon and how triathlon fosters community. We hope that the conversation was valuable and entertaining for you. I also have a couple of bits of follow-up on this. Allison finished her A race at Waco 70.3 in the top 10 in her age group. Congratulations, Allison! Another bit of information that I found out after Allison and I talked was that Allison and I recorded our conversation on her birthday. This means so much to me. While Allison could have been doing anything else she wanted to do on her birthday, she chose to spend some of her time with us here in the Money Mile community sharing her story. I would like to take this opportunity to officially wish Allison a belated happy birthday and thank you again for sharing some of your time with us. I hope you, your husband, and Penelope are all doing well, and I look forward to hearing more about your build for Ironman Texas in Woodlands next year. In today's educational episode, we are going to finish up the investment portion of your financial training plan at the long course level. This is similar to the strength work that is done in a physical training plan. We want to make sure that your investments are strong enough to help support you living your best life. My goal today is to share two concepts with you that you can implement with your investments to strengthen your financial plan. Back in episode 33, we looked at risk tolerance, your time frame, and model portfolios to help you establish an initial trajectory of your portfolio. In this episode, we are going to discuss how to maintain that portfolio over time and how to optimize it for tax purposes. The first thing we want to do when we think about maintaining a portfolio is rebalancing it. If you don't rebalance your portfolio, it is kind of like training really hard, but never retesting yourself. If you start training on the bike with a functional threshold power of 180 and just train, 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 and you never retest, you won't know if your training is working, if you are getting stronger, and if you should update or change your training zones. By testing yourself, you are resetting those zones and hopefully making your training more efficient. In your financial training plan, this is very similar to rebalancing. Rebalancing is like resetting those training targets for your portfolio. So let's use an example here. If we were to have a portfolio that we had identified as your long-term growth portfolio and the model needed to be an 80% stock and 20% bonds, this is done to get the highest rate of return for the lowest relative risk. Over time, if things go well, your portfolio will need some maintenance and we will need to reset that allocation. This is called rebalancing. In my worldview, there are three primary benefits of rebalancing a portfolio. The first is to increase your confidence in the portfolio itself. The second is to decrease risk. And the third is to potentially increase return. 
If we only used these two options in our portfolio, and they were called stocks and bonds, over time, the relationship between these two would change. If the stock market has gone up in value, you might find yourself in a situation where 85% of your portfolio is now invested in stocks and 15% is invested in bonds. If we originally decided that 80-20 was the right mix for us, but the investments have changed things, this is a great opportunity to reset the portfolio so it performs the way we want moving forward. Engaging with your portfolio periodically will increase your confidence that it is doing what you want it to do. This does not mean day trading. We are talking about a periodic review and rebalancing schedule. Unfortunately, most investors are governed by fear and greed. They are emotional in nature and how they approach their portfolios. In the scenario we just discussed, these folks might be thinking, yeah, the stocks in my portfolio are doing great, I'm a genius, and I need to sell all those bonds and invest in more stocks. When in reality, the goal of investing is not to pick the right stock at the right time, but to grow wealth over time. This is done most effectively by rebalancing the portfolio and selling the stocks that have done well and buying more bonds. This keeps the risk in check for when the portfolio goes the other way, and it can potentially increase the rate of return over time as well. Now that we agree on rebalancing as a concept, I get asked all the time, how often should I rebalance? Unfortunately, this depends. If you are growing money for the long term and don't need it for at least five years, I suggest rebalancing your portfolio at least annually. If you need the money sooner than that, you should be rebalancing your portfolio more frequently. If you rebalance quarterly, that is a pretty safe general alignment, but you should be doing it at least once a year. With the development of portfolio funds, either time-based or risk-tolerance-based portfolios, many folks can easily use these tools that systematically rebalance behind the scenes. These funds can work great if you don't have other options or if you really just don't want to do the work. I like to think of these types of investments like a driverless car. If a driverless car is out on the highway with nobody around, they can do great. These driverless cars do less well in challenging environments like downtown traffic, where there are a lot more inputs and potential challenges. So if you are 10 plus years out from retirement or, and are interested in using a portfolio fund, that could be a solid option for you. Unfortunately, once you get close to within 10 years, many of these portfolios will automatically change their allocation whether you want them to or not. And so the portfolio itself will shift even though you haven't made any changes. When you get closer to needing the money in your portfolio within that kind of 10-year time frame, you should really consider being more engaged in your portfolio management and taking control of the proverbial wheel. If you don't want to do it, consider working with a professional who can help you, but the work needs to be done more specifically if you are within 10 years of retirement than a portfolio fund can effectively do. There are a few additional ways that you can rebalance if you're so inclined. The first of which is that if you are still making contributions to your portfolio, you can direct your contributions to the undersized portion of your portfolio and work towards rebalancing through the contributions. In the above example, you could redirect your contributions to the bond side of the portfolio in an attempt to bolster that side. 
In essentially the opposite case, if you are taking money out of the portfolio, you can consider taking it out of the overfunded area. In the above example, you would take funds out of the stock side of the portfolio in an effort to rebalance that. Now, generally, I don't recommend spending money directly from the stock market, but that is a much more detailed conversation than we could have here. The last fancy rebalance strategy that we're going to talk about here today is through dividends, income, and capital gains of the portfolio. Most individual mutual funds default to a reinvestment of dividends in the same portfolio. So in our example, if your stock funds were doing well and they paid a dividend or a capital gain distribution, they would get reinvested back into themselves. You can choose to disconnect that and have the portfolio distributions pay to cash in your portfolio, then partially rebalance the portfolio with the cash that's there. I recommend using caution with this strategy. If you leave it too long without reinvesting in the portfolio, the cash part of the portfolio can functionally slow the portfolio down. So we do need to be careful with that and make sure that we're paying attention. And now we're gonna talk about one way to optimize the portfolio for tax purposes. This is not a guaranteed way to increase returns. In my opinion, effective diversification and rebalancing are the closest thing we have to a free lunch in investing. But this additional strategy can help your net return over time. This is a somewhat complex topic and isn't right for everyone, but you might be able to work towards it over time. The concept is called tax-coordinated portfolios. This strategy requires that you have investments in different account types for tax purposes. For example, taxable investment account, a traditional IRA, and a Roth IRA. We discussed the differences in these different types of accounts back in episode 31, Income Tax Planning at the Olympic Level. Refer back to that if you need a bit of a refresher. The type of account you hold an investment in is the primary factor that determines the tax ramifications of that investment. But this is only part of the story. Some investment types have their own story to tell here. They might get preferential treatment if held in one account type, but not another. Here, there are two primary examples that come to mind. Bonds. Any interest that comes from a bond is going to be treated as ordinary income, and that's typically your highest tax rate. And the second is international stocks versus U.S.-based stocks. Shares of a U.S.-based company, if held in a taxable investment account, can receive preferential treatment on capital gains and dividends if they qualify. International stocks do not receive this preferential treatment. There are some other nuanced approaches to this, and it rarely works perfectly with all the pieces fitting together exactly the way we might like, but here is an example. If you know that you want your portfolio to be 80% stocks and 20% bonds, and you have money in all three types of accounts, you have two primary options here. You can make each of the three portfolios hold 80% stock and 20% bonds, or you could work towards optimizing the portfolios as a whole, so making the three accounts work together. If you follow this tax-coordinated approach, you might want to place a priority on holding your domestic stocks in your taxable account to get the best preferential treatment there. Your bonds in your traditional IRA, because they are likely to get taxed the same way regardless, unless you're investing in municipal bonds or something like that, and then you would hold your international stocks in your Roth IRA, 
where you would be getting the highest growth potential out of those assets in your Roth IRA where they can grow tax-free and are not in need of or would benefit from a tax preferential treatment anyway. This is an advanced strategy, and you want to be very careful with it. If I went out and trained like Lucy Charles Barkley without appropriate guidance and coaching, I would probably break myself. And a similar scenario can happen here if you try to implement a complex tax-coordinated portfolio strategy without the appropriate guidance. So please be careful and do your research. As with most things, what you do is more important than what you know. So we are going to talk about a bit of homework for this episode. First, I would like for you to think about the last time that you reviewed your portfolio to see if it needed to be rebalanced. If it's more than a year, you need to take a look. The second part of the homework is, are you within 10 years of needing your funds or are you using them now? If you are, consider getting some additional help with your portfolio to make sure you are doing the best you can and adjusting your portfolio appropriately for your lifestyle. In our next episode, we are going to be joined by a fellow endurance athlete and certified public accountant, Stephen Jarvis. He is going to share some of his wisdom with us as a practicing CPA who helps clients minimize their lifetime tax bill. And I am confident this will be a valuable conversation. So look forward to that. I hope this has been a valuable investment of your time. Your life should be better because you join us here. If you have specific financial questions you would like for us to address, please let me know by emailing us at info at wallerfc.com. If you work out, everything else will too. And I look forward to talking with you next time on Money Mile.